The following is a presentation of the Wide Open Mic Podcast Network. For information on this and other podcasts, please go to www.wideopenmic.net. Fellas, don't drink that coffee. You'd never guess. There was a fish in the percolator. It's time for 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 the percolator. Percolator. There was a fish. There was a fish. There was a fish in the percolator. There was a fish. There was a fish. There was a fish. It's time for There was a fish. There was a fish. There was a fish in the percolator. new episode on a new episode of Twin Peaks, kind of. Welcome back, everyone, to Firecast with us, our Twin Peaks podcast. We are going back in time, back to the pilot with an all-new crew here. I'm so excited. Just so you guys remember, my bestie with the testes, Mr. Kevin Pickle Deal. Hey, what up, dude? And my bestie with the breasties, Miss Kelly. Woo! And our I'm excited. I'm excited. And last but definitely not least, our almost 40 year old virgin, Fuch. Oh, that's so painful to hear, by the way. <laughs> so, so first off, you did say, "Oh, I don't understand," because we were talking about something with Twin Peaks. You're like, "I don't understand anything." You you get the theme song though, right? That's at least something you get because you saw that scene with the fish and the percolator. Oh crap! No, you didn't. No, Wait. I didn't. I have no idea. Oh, that's right. That's that, that's <laughs> next. Uh, that's next episode. My bad. Well, you probably. Oh my god! Who knows Twin Peaks better, you or the Virgin? Oh my you god! Know, a, you promised it would be spoiler free. Sorry, there's a fish in a percolator. Ten seconds of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you guys that haven't listened to anything before, this is your first time. We are Firecast with us. We started back when Twin Peaks The Return happened, and uh, since then we've taken a gigantic hiatus, and no one would let us uh, end this podcast. Well, so well, We didn't take 25 years, though. So. Not quite 25. <laughs> 25 months, maybe. I got to do the math, but it might the math, but it might be twenty five months. Um, but we are back. We are rebooting the show, and we are starting. We're going back to the beginning of Twin Peaks, and today's show we are going to go through the pilot episode. Future, my boy, future has never seen Twin Peaks before. You've watched the pilot, right? Uh, yes, I did. I, I I'm not that bad at it. <laughs> it's not like it's last week or anything. <laughs> Well, I, I don't even <laughs> just, just the kidding. little like webisode things. Come on. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. No one knows that because we're not taking a break. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so we are going to run through the pilot. And the cool thing about this show is we're going to rewatch and relive Twin Peaks through the eyes of our virgin here, 
Fuge. So uh, it's going to be cool. So for those that have never seen Twin Peaks before, man, go back. You, like, you got a wife or someone that, that never seen it before. Go back, rewatch it with them. And we're not going to spoil anything on this podcast except the thing about percolators, which obviously I spoiled the first sentence we said in this podcast. Well, it was in the theme song, so I, I, I'll give you a pass. Yeah, so uh, we are going to watch this show through the eyes of Fuge, our virgin here. And uh, those that have n- that have never seen Twin Peaks before, we are going to do this podcast spoiler-free, except the first spoiler that I said, uh, first line of the podcast. You can forget about that. Never said. Find out later. But uh, also, if you know someone that's never seen Twin Peaks before, now's a good time to watch it with them and listen to the podcast together, holding hands on different devices so we can count both of your listens. Um, but uh, yeah, besides that, we're going to, like I said, just watch it through Future's eyes. We're going to lay out and we are going to find out together who killed Laura Palmer. Kel, are you excited about this? I'm very excited because I still don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, do we actually get to find out or? No, that's not. I was kidding. That was, that was, we don't, we don't know uh, because you don't know. We find out in the third episode. I'm just kidding. That would be the it worst was the show ever. In the percolator. Spoiler uh, <laughs> alert. So, so our whole thing here is I want at the end of each episode, Future, I'm going to ask you, uh, and we will we will do it uh, at the end of this episode as well. So I'm going to give you a warning now. We're going to ask you where we stand, and, and I want to know at the end of each episode. Who do you think killed, killed Laura Palmer? There's, oh, who's, who's my number one suspect? Yeah, well, what are you thinking of the suspects? That's exciting. It's a fun game. All right. So how, how is it? So uh, Fuge and I are on a, on a Lost podcast together where we're doing kind of the same thing where our friend Keith is our 40-ish year old virgin and we're kind of get to watch it through his eyes. So let me ask you, Fuge, now that you're the virgin, how is it? Having having everyone now put all that pressure on you since you're watching it for the first time. It's not even the the pressure. I just feel like I'm at a very big disadvantage. Like I, I feel like there's like this secret knowledge that everybody else has that they're just withholding from me, and and, and not like malevolently, but just like you know, everybody knows, but I don't. <laughs> Pack, are you excited about this? Uh, let's do it, dude. I mean, it's, it's been a while, uh, been a while since I've seen anything Twin Peak related. And, um, so yeah, I'm, let's, let's get it on. Let's rock. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey, first off, I just want to jump in future. What do you think of this awesome theme song? It's very fitting to the laid back setting, but like it's, it's still unsettling. Right? Like something about the music, it, it's very calm. It's very, you know, it's supposed to be relaxing. But when I hear that, I feel very nervous and unsettled. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of fits the show very well. Because this show is nothing if not, uh, it, it leaves you just going, like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> And I think that's the point. Now, Pick, I know you've seen this this show. I don't know how many times you've seen the pilot. You, you have, an, you have an, a guess at how many times? There's no telling. I think I've seen it maybe 10 times. So let me ask you, at the, towards the end of this episode, 
when they go to the roadhouse, spoiler alert, jumping ahead here a little, we hear this theme song that we've heard a thousand times. We've probably heard this theme song. I mean, it's in every episode. We've heard this theme song a thousand times, but at the roadhouse, it has words. It still jars me every time I hear it with the words. Do you get kind of jarred by it or are you just over it? I was not. I I'm really more jarred uh, by Julie Cruz's face than anything. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm it's it's be, like weird. It's it it doesn't get. It's just every time. And but just and also hearing it, hearing her voice come out of her mouth. I guess to me it's is like looking at the side of an Irish uh, cliff face. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Pick? Are you are you jarred by the words when they come up? No, I'd rather not. I mean, you know, just because I like. It's you know, like like Future was saying, like it's it starts off with this, you know, nice, calm, peaceful mountain feeling, you know, and then it just goes dark, kind of like the show, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, but and then when she starts singing, it's like, uh, you're oh, I just dropped my computer. Um, but when she starts singing, it. Just kind of like, uh, I'd rather you not, but you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's better without the vocals, is, is what he said. Um, did that also not just seem like a really weird, and I know we're jumping ahead here, but a really weird band to be playing at this like biker bar in a mountain town? Just yes. wait, just wait till the return when they get some kind of. I, I, I have. <clears throat> <laughs> they have they have a they have a, a history of having really weird uh not what you think bikery type people would like and I just, like, like if i'm walking into that mountain biker bar that's in the middle of like a brawl that's not what i'm expecting on the jukebox <laughs> it's kind of like a mixture of a bikery and 50s you know, kind of a if if that is a uh, what would that mixture be? I don't know. Like uh, like a greaser. In a way, in a way, yeah, I could see they, that. They do. Uh, they are a little greasery, and uh, one of their I forget which character it might be uh, Robbie. One of their like theme musics. It's 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 very reminiscent of like the Jets from whatever play that was. <laughs> Oh, from West Side Story? West Side Story. You know, you know, you know why? The two main stars of West Side Story are on Twin Peaks. Oh, well. Did you not catch that? Awesome. We'll talk about that. I didn't know the name of West Side Story. (laughs) I never even knew. I didn't even know that to begin with. Like, what? Yeah, Richard Beamer and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, What's Jacoby's name? Uh... Tamblin. Yeah, Russ Tamblin. So what was, Russ Tamblin was in West Side Story? Yeah, they both are. They're Man. the two main stars. Say it again. The other guy's name? Uh, J- uh, uh, the, 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 Benjamin Dan. Horn. Benjamin Horn oh, and Jacoby oh. were the two main stars of West Side. It's weird going no, back was, and watching West Side. Spanish guy? Oh, not him. Um, the, the two main white guys. <laughs> yeah, the, the white guys. <laughs> the two main white That's guys. The Latinos main character doesn't matter yeah yeah he is uh leo johnson that's who this, he is. this was the 80s he could do that <laughs> this whole like sharks versus jets vibe that i was getting from it makes a lot more sense now like it's very direct yeah. 
Wow. All right. Well, let's just get into this episode, Fuchs. We are going to go through all these characters that we're meeting today, and we are going to uh, we're going to introduce everyone to them. And then, like I said, at the end of the episode, we are going to see where we stand. So the show starts the opening uh, with the first person we see. We see Josie and Pete and Catherine and Pete's going fishing and he finds, I don't know, would you call Laura the MacGuffin? No, isn't, the, isn't the first scene, I, I thought I was watching How It's Made uh, Lumber. Oh, well, that's the opening <laughs> credits. There's <laughs> like three minutes. There's a pretty solid amount of like automation that we just watched. I'm like, cool. I think that's, that's part of the reason why mom wasn't really into it either. Like she was just like... <laughs> well that opening credits outside of the song take that song out it's the probably the boringest opening credits ever i mean it's just beautiful scenery and and machinery but uh yeah i mean it's not much to the opening theme song it's I except mean, being an amazing theme song angelo crushed it it's very unintriguing for how intriguing the rest of the show is. <laughs> but it sets that expectation, though. I, I agree totally. I never thought of it that way before, that it kind of sets the tone of the show. So so Pete out there uh, finds the body of Laura Palmer. Would you call Laura Palmer the MacGuffin? Or no? No, the... the um Because no one's chasing after Laura. Well, the but they're... Chi- uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, you're right. The, the, the killer is more the MacGuffin, right? Well, why don't you define MacGuffin for us uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, non-movie fans? Uh, us non-lost. Uh, well, it has uh, nothing to do with lost. A MacGuffin is just a literary plot device. It's it's the thing that, that just drives the story. It's the thing that everyone's trying to get. Like it the Death be, Star yeah. plans or the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, or Laura, Laura's Laura most definitely would be a MacGuffin. Or dry, oh, maybe you said dry. I people. agree. She's the MacGuffin, too. I mean. I so? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you think of, like, the diamonds in Snatch are the MacGuffin, or or the briefcase in Pulp Fiction is the MacGuffin. They're not yeah. trying to get Laura Palmer. She's not the, well, I don't know. The, I, they're, they're trying to get who killed her. Like, yeah. Like, so the, then the killer yeah. is the MacGuffin. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Is that, does it have to be the, the, the actual object? Of, of being chased typically or, typically the MacGuffin's like a, a MacGuffin can usually be like stuffed in a bag or you know like <laughs> this is Twin Peaks though it's not really typical and I I, I would like to say in this episode mm. our MacGuffin Laura is in a bag both at the beginning of the show oh, and right. later in the it. show good. <laughs> good enough I'll take it <laughs> Oh, you! I'll give you a technical win for sure. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> so, so Fuchs going in. Did you? You didn't know anything about this. We covered this last week. This is the first time. Did you even know the name Laura Palmer? Had you heard the uh, phrase "Who killed Laura Palmer" before? I maybe out of context, but I didn't relate it to anything. Not am I? It's like. It, watching the show, I wasn't reminded of that time someone said who killed Laura Palmer. Like, it is it. Like, if you're like who shot Jr., I'd be like, oh yeah, I get that reference. But no, not the Laura Palmer. <laughs> oh, by the way, I forgot to say that this show debuted the pilot on my birthday, April eighth, nineteen ninety. So happy twelfth oh. birthday, Gunner! Too bad you didn't watch Twin Peaks. 
It was written by David Lynch and Mark Frost, and the pilot was directed by David. <laughs> My notes say David Lynch. That's funny. Uh, David Lynch. <laughs> and as we figured out in the pilot, uh, Pickle did not watch this when he was nine years old. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> did we ever figure out how old I was? He, he was, he was well, it's nineteen ninety. How old were you in nineteen ninety? It was like twelve uh, or thirteen. So you're born in what seventy six? So yeah. you were fourteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You're, you're old enough to watch Twin Peaks. That. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. You could smoke a cigarette and watch Twin Peaks. I'm good with that. I wasn't smoking cigarettes then. Uh, for sure. Uh, That's for sure. So hey, uh they they showed that sign at the beginning. Now that uh Laura's dead, do they gotta change the number? Well, no, because uh Harry came in town, so he he even did <laughs> back up. Citizen. Well, no, Harry's the sheriff. Yeah. I'm, I'm not Harry, Coop. uh Coop, sorry. Cooper. Oh man, dude, I'm killing you at my Twin Peaks knowledge. This is insane. <laughs> uh, so, Kel, what are your thoughts on Laura Palmer? I mean, just the whole idea of Laura Palmer. Uh, well, um, I, I think you know, it's sort of. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, you know the. I think the idea of Laura Palmer is sort of like, okay, we're trying to go backwards in time and figure out what happened to this girl. Right. And then you, you know, find out whatever. And, uh, and then everyone, you know, is, is suddenly a, uh, uh, could be killer. So, you know, it's like, there's, there's more, you know, facets to the story that you have, uh, you know, that those two things. And then you also have the, the other characters who are pretty interesting in their own ways. And you see a lot of them at first. Like it, first. This, this pilot is great because outside of a couple of the key characters, we really just get essentially introduced to everyone. Not a lot of people shine in this episode. Um, Although I, I would hate to, I would say this, this show isn't the kind of show, um, not to use lost again, but it's not like, Oh, this episode's an Andy episode. And this episode is a, a James episode though. We wish they were all James episodes. God. So yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not like that. Agent Cooper definitely shines in this episode. I, I think you get the most of him. <sighs> Yeah, but Agent like Cooper that. shines in everything. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Coop, like right out of the gate. He's he's very odd. Um, he's he's a little like uh, so. Um, I'm just gonna ask this: Are are several of the characters supposed to uh, be basically autistic, or is that just me? <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm serious. Like like well, one sure. one of them is definitely. Well, I don't know if he's autistic. Are you talking about Audrey's little brother, Bob? Yeah. What was the name? Uh, oh, Johnny. No, no, no. Johnny uh, Horn. Johnny. Johnny. Uh, he. I don't think that that guy has autism. I. I think he has more severe problems. But like Robbie or Bobby, I forget what. Like he for Bobby. sure has autism. Yeah. Like one hundred percent. He he's constantly fidgeting with his fucking zippers. He's barking at people for no reason. <laughs> he's super awkward in most of his social interactions. No, no, no. That, that like, look, look, man. I got, I got a bunch of people that have autism in my family. I'm Laura has bad taste in pants. What's that? 
Laura has bad taste of mint. You know, well, as <laughs> very bad. You know, but no, they just have multiple tastes in men. Almost every person we talk to, we meet, is having an affair with someone else. Like the tree of of relationships. It's odd. Bobby's dating dating Laura, who was messing around with James, who seems like he might be falling in love with uh, uh, Donna, who is dating Snake, whose best friend again is Bobby, who's having Mike. an affair with uh, Snake Mike. Same thing. He calls I mean, him hey, even, uh, even Big Ed was having an affair with the waitress. With Norma, yeah. Night. Norma's yeah. husband's in the can. Uh, did we? Hey, did we meet uh, Nor- uh, Ed's wife yet? With the uh, barely, barely. Okay. Yeah. The, the one-eyed lady. Yeah, so we'll go through We'll go through everything. So first people we meet, obviously, is Pete, Catherine, and... Uh, Hirschberger. Josie. Josie is the, the first person. Yeah, Josie, then Pete, and Catherine. And she's all like this, like... Oh. I'm not going to lie. Josie's my least favorite character in the show. I, I like, But why do you think that... She was the first one we saw. If you look at the credits, I mean, I we usually go through this, but if you look at the credits, it's Kyle McLaughlin and uh, and Harry. They're the top two build. The rest are in alphabetical order until you get the with Joan Chen and Piper Laurie. And Joan Chen is obviously uh, um, is obviously Josie, and then uh, Piper Laurie is Catherine. So I mean, I guess. When making this, you could say that the four main characters in the show are Coop, Harry, Joan, Ch- or, uh, uh, Catherine, and uh, Josie. But I, I just think Josie's boring. Like I don't know. I just nothing. I think maybe like a, a like you know maybe try to give it like a spice it up a little bit you know there's this town there's this weird you know you have this beautiful asian woman let's just, you know maybe even for a little tna value are we you know, really like calling I, i'm just gonna throw this out there i i happen to be a big fan of of asian ladies and i did not find this this gal attractive in the slightest <laughs> i I'm, I'm still voting that she winds up being a man down the road and she's the killer <laughs> How right, how close you are to being right, man. What's that? Nothing. Spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) I think think they're like purposefully and maybe me too, like kind of like push you away in a different direction. I I don't know if that's really fair, though. Uh, That that was just my takeaway. I think, but out of these three characters, I think these are really the spectrum of Twin Peaks. You could look at it in this. You have the actual, like, uh, uh, Martell, uh, Catherine. That's a great, you could tell just in this pilot that she's going to be an interesting character. And then you get on the complete other end, in my opinion, I don't, I don't see anything in this pilot why Josie's, interesting at all and then you get pete lovable lovable i just want to go fishing pete don't you love pete pick yeah pete's like my all-time favorite character which one was pete pete's the husband the the, the one that found the body oh the yeah he's hirschberger right no hirschberger is uh is mike what what are you talking about i don't know i just have a note that says hirschberger awesome name Oh, no, that's Mike. Mike is... Oh, okay. What's All his right. name? I don't remember his first name, but his last name is Hirschberger. Good old Hirschberger. 
<laughs> I did not. I don't remember that. Awesome name. <laughs> the actor that played Mike is Hirschberger, and I I only think of it because yeah. our friends at the uh, what are they the Between Two Worlds that Burn. Facebook group that we're Between Two Ferns. <laughs> but uh, the 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 main guy over there, our good friend Carl Hirschberger. So I never I never put two and two together. I wonder if he's related to old Mike. So, Carl, if you're out there, hit us up on Facebook and let us know. Hopefully you're listening. I know you let us post on this show when that group first started, kind of our partner site here. But, um, yeah. So those are the first three characters we get to meet. Um, And then we get Pete calling the police. And now we get this side of it. I love all these people, but we finally see Lucy for the first time. And I think the whole character of Lucy is summed up in this first scene where she's trying to explain to Harry which phone she's going to transfer into. It's the one on the table. You know, that's isn't that just Lucy to a T-pick? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I always used to get uh, Lucy mixed up with the chick from SNL. Oh, uh, Victoria Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought they were the same people. You know what? I'll be honest. When I first watched Twin Peaks, she was one of the few people that I actually knew on this show because she was in along with maybe Twin Peak alum, uh, David Duchovny. They were both in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, yeah, that was a great movie. Wasn't uh, Christina Applegate? She that? was, but but that's what I knew Lucy from. Like, I when I saw this show, I'm like, it's the girl from that. And then the other one I knew, ironically, weirdly, was Laura Flynn Boyle. But I didn't know her from the practice. I did, but I knew her from Wayne's World because she was Wayne's girlfriend in the first Wayne's World movie. Pick, have you still not seen Wayne's World? I'm still not seeing Wayne's World. Oh, it's no, got Laura Flynn Boyle. <laughs> movie. Uh, Ed O'Neill is the like the suicidal uh, um, donut shop worker guy. Yeah, it was amazing. There's a lot of comedies I missed. Um, oh, you should definitely add that one. She's dating that. Wayne and she gives him a gun rack. And he goes, I don't own a gun, let alone many guns that necessitate a gun rack. <laughs> a rack. She's I've great. Never heard she, that that, uh, that phrase in my life. She is great in Wayne's World. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a big fan of her either. Either, but um, on this, but she is great in Wayne's World. So, uh, so is the the did anyone else uh watch Hong Kong Fooey when they were younger? Yes. So, did you not get a heavy Rosemary the telephone operator vibes from Lucy? Now, now that you mention it, yeah, I, I never Dude, go back and watch Hong Kong food. I swear to God, it's the exact same character. <laughs> they got the same voice. They they got the same like uh, they just repeat stuff that somebody says. They're always like snooping on converse. No, no, dude, I swear to God, it's like they made Rose like live action Rosemary from Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if David Lynch and Mark Frost purposely did that. That would not surprise me at all. But we get to meet Harry here, um, and then uh, Harry is joined at the crime scene by Andy and Doc Hayward. So Andy's another great character. Of course, Andy starts bawling in this scene. Oh, Cal, what do you think for poor Andy? 
I, I think he has no business being a police officer, even in a small <laughs> town. Kel, what do you think about Andy? Um, yeah, I I, honestly don't think much about Andy. Uh, I think he's cute, you know, and uh, he's got a good heart. But uh, (laughs) I think they just kind of look over at him and just be maybe he's like the rose of the Golden Girls, you know, for them. I never thought of that, but that's good. I Uh, think he's a good match for Lucy. Uh, anything they'll start yeah, dating? They, they can just go off and be goofy and annoying and incompetent together. It'll be great. That would be super cute. And yeah. if they made love, their kid would look like me. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we meet the. You, you're like you're like the worst at this. <laughs> like you just, you just keep giving away everything. I didn't give away anything. <laughs> oh. This is amazing. <laughs> I just remembered too, like that scene, and I'm sorry we have to have to be, but like just that is just I can't wait for you to watch all this. Hey, you guys have all this secret knowledge. Yeah. I gotta stop this. Around. I gotta stop it. I gotta stop it. Um but also besides Andy and Harry, we get <laughs> we get to meet the <laughs> we get to meet the great Doc Hayward, played by Warren Frost, the father of Mark Frost, the creator and grandfather of Chicago White Sox, all-star superstar pitcher, Lucas Giolito. Very exciting. Oh, wow. I, I don't know what that means. Uh, his grandson plays for the White Sox and <laughs> oh, threw a no-hitter like last year. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, okay. He's like, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Plays on my White Sox. So like him even more because he's Doc Hayward's Bum, real Bum life. Gardner. Bum Gardner's pretty good. Not anymore. That was three years ago, Kelly. I don't care. So, so the <laughs> So let me ask you, uh, with Harry, who I would say is another one of the main stars of this show, um, what do you think of Harry Fuge? I like Harry. He, uh, <clears throat> you know, for a small town cop, he's relatively competent. Seems to, yeah, I, we haven't really gotten to where he's interacted with Coop much, but like follows direction well. He's pretty, you know, amiable. Yeah, I like Harry. I do too. Pick you, big hairy guy. Big hairy guy. All over. Big, big hairy <laughs> guy. Got. <laughs> no, no, I like, I like, I like Harry because he's he's kind of grounded. You know, like you got all these quirky dudes and all this you know weird stuff going on but then harry is this like he is a good boss for those guys you know he's because he he is very grounded he's like the one yeah he's the straight guy in a in a world full of of funny friends um you need him there yeah yeah so in this scene uh doc identifies the body of Laura. And of course, as we find out later, it's his daughter's best friend, but uh, pick, how does Harry know Laura Palmer? How does Harry, well, I guess probably everybody knows Laura Palmer. Uh, I specifically don't, don't, uh, I don't know if they said anything. No, they don't know. I think you nailed it. I think this is a small town. Do you think everyone knows everyone or is it just that Laura Palmer is the homecoming queen? And yeah, that's, that's the first thing, like, like, like you were saying, like, you know, what do you think about Laura? 
only thing we know at this point is that there's a hot chick dead in the uh and she's obviously pretty you can tell that you know she she was on the attractive got side. a thing for corpses so you know one day yeah. she will marry neil diamond <laughs> i was son. a grave digger so you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i mean you you the only thing we know is that she 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 was an attractive female and pretty much attractive females and i guess small towns everyone's gonna know her you know like oh and said, the, the, the coming queen and the third person I knew in this series was Cheryl Lee because she was in my, one of my favorite movies backbeat, but she plays a dead body. She is killing this dead body. Like again, back to being the MacGuffin, like Cheryl Lee is a household name because she played a dead body so well. I mean, honestly, I mean, don't you think anyway, like, you can get work, right? <clears throat> And I mean, she brought the, I guess there's flashbacks and stuff like that, but and by flashbacks, video camera stuff. But I mean, really, she's, she moves this story along. Just hearing, you're learning her backstory through the town. So, all right. So then we go to the Palmer house and Sarah Palmer. I'm going to do this with every character, but from Seinfeld, that's how I knew her. Um, she's looking for Sarah and she calls uh, Bobby's house. And of course, I think in a show where the phrase, the weirdest part of this episode will be said multiple times in every episode. Mrs. Briggs is giving Colonel Briggs a massage in the morning. I mean, did anyone else catch that? Is by the other one kind of weirded out by that? Wait, say it again. So when she calls Bobby's house, Mrs. Briggs is sitting there massaging Mr. Colonel Briggs. Am I the only one that caught that? It's like weirdly giving him a massage. I mean, yeah, but... I got excited when I saw Colonel Briggs. I was like, oh, shit, it's General Hammond from Stargate SG-1. Sweet. Wrong Colonel Briggs. <laughs> He's playing the exact same character, too. It's great. Oh, cool. Well, so, we, so far... We also, find I, I like that uh, she had nine one one in like big giant fucking letters on the center of the phone. Like you're gonna forget. Well, that isn't that the speed dial, maybe? <laughs> what isn't that the speed dial? No, it was a fucking sticker. Oh. Like, <laughs> well, you never know. I'll tell you what, though, if something like that happened and you had to call nine one one, I. There's an 85% chance I forget that number. I mean, that's just who I am. Well, then I, you are not a uh, clutch player then. <laughs> I guess you forget not. An 80-20 shot, you forget 911 in an emergency. Okay, maybe not. That's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, um, we find out Bobby has not been to practice, and he's been late every day for weeks. So, honestly, Kel, how could... Awesome, my voice just cracked. How could like the star captain of the football team be late for practice every day? It just doesn't seem to add up. <laughs> Thank you for showing your cat's butt to us. The cat is <laughs> oh. oh Kel's butt just Kel's cat just mooned us. <laughs> and she has no tail, it's just really funny. Uh sorry about that. That's a so, I mean, come on. Is that weird that Bobby never goes to practice? He's a star of the football team. They must have a yeah. really crappy football team. Yeah, small <laughs> town, mate. Like, he, the kid's got an arm. Like, they'll let him play no matter what. 
Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, feel about that. Actually, you know, didn't really, I, I, I knew from immediately seeing him that I didn't like him, that I didn't like his, his character and how he's like, ooh, ooh, like, you know, <laughs> slapping stuff and just being just a jack asshole. You know, I never, I just, um, like super autistic. <laughs> don't <laughs> like him. Yeah, I don't like him at all. So, Dude, just, is he uh, is he the Sawyer of this show? No, because I like Sawyer and I fucking hate this kid. So no, <laughs> so, Sawyer is is wrongfully accused. Robbie, I feel just like is just kind of a shitty guy. <laughs> Robbie, please always call him Robbie. It's Bobby. Well, is, is it Bobby? Yeah. Okay, well that's where they switched it up a couple of times. No. Well, I make all right, fucking Bobby, well, her, his whatever. dad calls him Robert, I think. So, okay, yeah, and someone was calling him Robert or Robbie at one point. I swear to God, because I wrote it down. So Post massage, he was called Robbie. There you go. So, okay, all right, Bobby. well, more on Bobby later, but then we get to meet uh, a, I would say, fan favorite, Ms. Audrey Horn. And I'm not gonna lie, effing hate her hair in this episode. Hate it, hate it. Like Cheryl and Finn, I, I'm just going to say it, it's freaking hot. Not with his hair. I hate it. Hate the hair on her pick. You're never going to hear me say I hate Cheryl and Finn. I didn't say I hate her. I said I hate her. I hair. just did. Just did. Mean her. Oh. <laughs> funny, funny, funny. Yeah. Uh, no. Cheryl and her hair. No, her hair. I like the hair too. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like what, what is it that you don't like about her hair? I don't know. Just, and I don't like, I don't mind short hair. I just don't think it looks, I don't know. I just don't like her hair in this episode. I don't, it, 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 maybe it's cause if she ever decides to grow it out longer, I think she looks great with it. Um, I don't know. Maybe oh. I, I don't know. Just don't like that. It's not, it's not much of a spoiler if someone's hair grows. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's uh, kind of expected. Okay, well, spoiler alert. It grows really fast. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. Pick what's your thoughts on Audrey? <laughs> spoiler alert. The hair grows. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Audrey, Pick? Audrey, uh, I think when we're introduced to Audrey again, um, you know, we see an attractive female and we're obviously thinking um, she knows this chick really well because, you know, they're both pretty gals. So in a run in the same circle and whatnot, they all, they all definitely surely know each other. So, yeah, but, but Audrey, Audrey has this um, thing about (laughs) her, this, this class, like she, kind of snobby in a way and and that exudes when we're introduced to her so do you, do you get that a future or do you just think of her as that spoiled brat who because uh, she is a spoiled brat but well, well hold, so hold on like like up to this point or based on the, like shit she does a little bit later in the episode well, i mean no we can go the whole episode i mean this is her introduction i, I think this broad's a sociopath <laughs> Like I think she has deep-rooted narcissism issues, and quite frankly, could could use a, a punch across the face to to straighten out her actions. I have an instant disdain for her, like severe. 
Although right now, I hate to say it, one of the <laughs> one of the only people not either in an affair or, or in a relationship or cheating on said relationship. One of the only people. Yeah, but she's just walking around being shitty in general for her own bemusement. That is true. Like she's like of all the like she's the most like chaotically neutral. Like she just doesn't care about anyone. She's like, ah, I just want to laugh. Like fuck everybody else. <laughs> That's pretty good analysis. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> what, what, what do you think of her her music? Her theme. Her th- I don't. I'm I'm blanking. Oh, it's great. Oh, let me bring it up. Doom, 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 doom. Oh yeah, where it's like uh, I. What was my name? It's, it's real, real jazzy. Oh god! I got no, it! I, I got it! I should have had this queued up. No, I'm remembering it now, but uh, I'm trying to find <laughs> a funny note on it. Yeah, she's actually one of the only. It was, uh, it was the like the precarious piano music that that's playing like uh, around her. Where it's like very light and prancy. Bernie. I don't know what this. Is. We're not hearing it, Gun. Oh, yeah, Gun. We got nothing. Uh, it then I thought you guys would hear it through this I can hear it now it's really quiet though no it's up all those anybody else here yeah uh, there we go that's that sound I was making okay so it's more xylophone than piano I'm, I might have been thinking of a different song yeah but she's like one of the only characters that have her own specific theme really well her and Laura now, didn't uh, James had that you know West Side Story theme that that he gets? Uh, Who? Oh, Jesus! It's, it's not really considered the James theme. Oh, okay. Well, that's all I got so far. I'm only one episode in, man. This is the make Kelly wet herself. As, as far as I'm concerned, any song that was playing while a character was on screen is their theme song. That's true. Gonna <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> All right, so uh, we meet Audrey, um, and then we get Leland. This is yeah, we get we finally get to meet Leland, who's Laura's dad, and we meet Benjamin Horn, who is Audrey's dad, and we kind of we meet them, and we find out that he Leland kind of works for Benjamin. Benjamin owns the Great Northern, am I right, Pick? Yeah, and they are. He is working and with other real estate. Yeah, yeah. He is working to try and sell the sawmill land to the Norwegians, I believe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole great part with the Norwegians too. So, yeah, that's that's them. We'll uh, we'll just leave it at that. I mean, this is all. Like I said, right now we're just meeting everyone. I think I want to mention that, um, sorry to interrupt, that um, when Leland was there at the uh, lodge or whatever, uh, the the, The Great Northern. Yeah, the the Great Northern. (laughs) That's the name. Um, Just kidding, guys. Um, I accidentally said lodge. I didn't mean to say that. Um, uh, you, you know, he he's he's on the he gets a call about, you know, Laura's uh, death and. Um, you know, you could hear Sarah like, you know, my Laura. And I just thought it was just like, how did I mean, like, how she just had knew now had known that she was probably with Bobby or you know, this there, you know, she just sort of was just like super dr- over dramatic. And 
Well, I mean, not really. I mean, she, I think she knew what happened, but she was going, she was frantically trying to find out that that didn't happen. And then eventually she doesn't even need to hear it. She knows like, so this is where I, I know I'm a bad person. Um, because this lady was like mourning the loss of her child and I was hysterically laughing at her primal screams <laughs> and freak out. Like, dude, I was rolling around on my couch laughing at how over the top. Her was just like, ah! It was fucking amazing. Yay. We all laugh at it. Welcome to the, welcome to the family, future. Oh, my God. <laughs> But uh, but but it's yeah, it's like like you're saying, it's kind of crazy because she, she just starts going ape shit and, like, and, insane, and, right? and nothing's ever even said other than uh, like like you you know she's on the phone with Leland and then like you you see Truman walk up and then and then that's it and then she's like what what happened how, how do you know even that the sheriff's there she knows yeah. but she she's she's just trying to gasp at straws to uh. You know, just grasp so, uh, that straw that she's still alive, doing everything she can to. to and then I'm gonna she knows. Jump, so so does, I'm gonna jump ahead just just slightly. Does is just me or did like I I get the feeling that a bunch of people knew that Laura was up to some shit based solely on that everyone assumes she's dead for being an hour late for school. <laughs> Like this person yeah. show up for one morning and like a guy walks in to the talk to the teacher and everyone just assumes she's dead and starts crying. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that would never if someone's late for school, my reaction is not, oh, they were definitely brutally murdered. Like, yeah, that's that's what happened. I, I guess that's a good call, they're, they're but because that's like, so the exact opposite as we see. Like, no one knows that. There's this whole secret side to Laura that no one knows. Which I, I feel like, it, and again, it's just is that just like them in this state of denial? Like they were all like mildly aware or the clues were there. Like, you know, like it's that buddy that, you know, you find out they were a heroin addict and they're like, oh shit. Yeah, all the signs were there. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I when you when you watch it, you're kind of feeling it for, you know, but I mean, you're a virgin. You were watching through your eyes. That's what I got so far. Like, <laughs> yeah. Kel, what are your thoughts on this scene with with Sarah Leland and and Harry? As- uh, well, I mean, that's why I brought it up. You know, because it was if, to me so ridiculous. She's all, you know on the end of the phone, like you could hear when he's there with the with the sheriff. That you know, <laughs> <she's> like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, it just it's like okay like so good don't be so like i don't know that's that's what i mean super over dramatic and you oh. know obviously we'll see that you know from you know just how josie was in the beginning with her you know zoom in on this girl's face and she's like ah oh ah i gotta go to the kitchen now you know just this is silly. You know what, though? I'd lose your kid. See if you're not messed up. Like, I I couldn't imagine. I know. I just want to know what David Lynch's, like, directions to this actress were. Like, no. Like, scream louder. Like, freak out more. Like, 
be weird with your face. Yeah, like no, like like twitch harder, like eraser head style. Yeah, <laughs> look like that. All right, let's meet some more characters. So uh, now we go to the double R, which is man, I just want a piece of huckleberry pie. Like I want to go to the double R and get a piece of pie. Pick when are we going? Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I wish. I was yeah. just in Oregon. I looked. It was like six hours away. Dude, I would have hopped in the car right then. And if you would be with me, then we could have done that. Yeah. We could buy some legal heroin and drive up to the double R. <laughs> I didn't even know you were going. <laughs> so uh, we finally get to meet Bobby and Shelly. Uh, love Shelly, man. I just love Shelly. Like, she's such a sweetheart. Am I wrong, Kel? Am I wrong about Shelly? <laughs> Uh, Shelly is stupid. <laughs> Shelly's she's dumb. Like she's because of being married to Leo. Yes, and sleeping with Bobby or whatever she's doing with Bobby, and just you know, she just seems like oh, I just hitched up with this guy because I was you know a teenager and blah blah. My life sucks. <laughs> like do something about it, dumbass. Uh, she's you know? pretty trapped by that Leo fella. How old is Shelly? That's what I was going to ask you, Pick. I would say like 19. I mean, she seems right out of high school. Oh, I thought she was supposed to be like 16 years old. I thought she was Leo's younger sister, actually. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Nope, that's like Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and then we get to meet Norma, of course, in this scene also. And the well, the German other waitress that I don't even know if she ever shows up again, but <laughs> yeah, the giddy one. <laughs> also, bro, this was the nineties, right? How did he pay his bill with like loose change? Well, see, all he had was coffee. Was that it? Okay. I, I, I guess in the nineties, I thought he got like breakfast and paid with like three quarters and still had change left over for the jukebox, which <laughs> by the way, like weird song to leave the bar on. It is. It's not weird. It's just twin Peaksian, man. Okay. So that that although, song is just so twin Peaksian. I was going to say, although one time uh, I was at this bar in, in uh, like a downtown area. And like, you know, like pretty grungy bar, but for whatever reason, they had like uh, a whole like Frank Sinatra album in there. And I was like, oh, songs are only like a quarter. Oh, this will be fun. So we were like already like packing up uh, and I put $20 worth of Sinatra at a quarter of song. <laughs> in the box. Uh, and so, no, we waited for like, because the, the first song came on and everyone was like, oh, this is a nice change of pace. Yeah. Like, all right. And then the second one came on and they were like, okay, like, uh, all right, that's another one. All right. And then the third one came on and they were like, all right, what the fuck? And we were like, all right, bye. And then peaced out. Oh <laughs> my God. I always yeah. try and find like the, the backstreet boys, you know, like you're in a bike biker bar, find like the most ridiculous Hanson Umbop or something even weirder. That's what I like to do with the jukebox. Uh, what do you think of Norma pick? Like Norma, sexy motherfucker. Again, yeah. she has that uh that that grounded feel, like like, like a very uh, like a yeah like a like a motherly type. Uh, I think you're attracted to that without being uh, frantic. <laughs> you know, would you say she is the biggest 
star in the cast? Uh, Norma? Yeah. Um, I mean, she was huge in the early 70s, late 60s. I would not say that. Um, Married to Quincy Jones, mother of of Rashida. True. She was in the Mod Squad, dated Paul McCartney in real life. Go that. There. I mean, she's lived a storied life. I don't know if that makes her the biggest star in the show. I don't know. Biggest name in the show. She's, obviously, her I part think, isn't as know. big as some. I think. Else. I think the biggest name in the show was Piper Laurie. What else has she done? Like what? What did? No idea. <laughs> Can't tell you. <laughs> I got shit, that. I feel like she's the one like on like, like Golden Pond. Was she on Golden Pond? Was she? I have no idea. <laughs> it just man. seems like something she'd be in. <laughs> yeah. But all you got to do is like go to she... Wilford Brimley's uh, filmography and just name out all those movies. That's what she's from. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> no, but I think like she's like the biggest critically acclaimed at the time. And I know that Kyle McLaughlin had done you know movies before that. So, but I yeah. think that he's the one. Him and and. Uh, I, weirdly enough, Cheryl Lee were the ones that I think broke out the most because of this. And I mean, yeah, Laura Flynn Boyle, she became a star, but it wasn't for many, many years. It wasn't until the practice, really, that she became a movie, you know, a, a star. And since the practice, she's done nothing. That suck up her face. Oh, did she get bad plastic surgery? Oh, my God. She looks like a... Like a platypus. Do you not know this? I don't. I know. How do you not know? You got to look it up right now. Oh. Like a platypus. Worse than Jennifer Gray's face? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Jennifer Gray. Yeah, she doesn't even look like Judith because you don't know what she looks like now. She's she's so boring because of her nose job. But yet I would still, I would get one. Oof. Just kidding. That's that's not her now. And this is her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw. Yeah. <laughs> that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it got worse too. All right. Well, Life I got bigger. Do you have like full Artie Lang and had it all flat? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we meet Bobby, Shelley, Norma. The whole scene at the double R. Um, <clears throat> that time frame. Does not work out. So what is, is Shelly working overnights? Like, how is it that he hasn't gone to school yet? So I'm assuming this whole time for so what time does school start? When I was in high school, my school started at 7:30. So if he's having football practice before school, what football practice starts at like five in the morning? Yeah, who does practice before school? We we had practice before class. Did you really? At like five in the morning? Uh, basketball, yeah. At Johnson. Oh. You don't you don't remember that? I didn't play basketball. No. Well no, I did. <laughs> I didn't have to well no, I we played uh, sports all through high school. We never had a practice before school that I can remember. Yeah. Always after. So so yeah, so I guess Shelly must have worked overnight because if she's getting off at say and then bobby still makes it to school relatively on time so that must have been about seven ish so she must get off at seven that's just 
That timing yeah, just does you not work in midnights. Work. I that's what I I don't know. Is the double R open twenty four seven? I mean, would she work for the the breakfast shift from five to seven <laughs> and then peace out? Like, got I'm, her nine cent tip from Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's a waitress. Maybe she worked the rush and knocked off. Like, uh-huh. so they they drive and we see that Shelley's husband is actually home. So more on Mr. Leo Johnson later, but uh, did, did you notice how fast Bobby was driving? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he was driving like a bat out of hell. I was like, dude, he. That, I, my note is like that punk plays a big game, but he was pretty fucking scared of a pickup or of a of a big rig. Like, man, dude, I don't know. Leo's like, a scary dude, man. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, well, this yeah, is he, supposed to. Yeah, he just saw that truck and fucking booked it. Yeah. So uh, they're they're supposed to be keeping their relationship secret, but then walked into the parking lot in front of a giant window and immediately started making out. They're not too bright. Everyone in the restaurant's going to see you making out right in front of the window. I don't think. And wouldn't wouldn't, uh, Leo notice that, you know, the, 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 car going 90 mile an hour Dude. yeah like <laughs> peeling rubber out of right head. after your wife gets dropped <laughs> <Yeah>. off <laughs> not very inconspicuous no none of these people seem particularly clever <laughs> all right so after leland goes to identify the body we go to the school audrey's smoking in her locker is that a thing uh, yeah i wrote that down too it was like blood disgusting Everything would smell so bad. Also, why? <laughs> when you What's got the it, point? just just smoke in the fucking hallway at that point. Or in the bathroom, like <laughs> everyone else, right? Like, hey, teach. What's up? <laughs> All right, and then, then and the kid fucking moonwalks away for some reason. That was really weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that about? <laughs> Like closes his closes his locker slyly and moonwalks away for nobody. (laughs) That's so Lynchian. That's not just like you know, like on hey, what? Is that just for us? Like what? All right, then we get to meet a whole bunch of other people. We get to meet Donna. Kel, what's your thoughts on Donna? Oh, isn't she precious? I hate Donna. Bless her heart. Uh, I just don't <laughs> like her. Pick you like Donna? No. I've never liked Donna. Future, what's I your first like thoughts of Donna? Her, yeah. I don't dislike Donna, but again, this is where you're introduced to these people and they all just start like breaking down into tears at their friend like missing 35 minutes of class. But again, she knew. <laughs> And then we not only we get to meet Donna, we get to meet Mike, aka Snake. He's a fella. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> I love Mike. Mike is uh, just special. And I mean. then the highlight of this show, Cal, your boyfriend, James. Cal, give us the lowdown on why James is the greatest character in television history. You, you can say he's not, Cal. That, that'll work. Yeah. Um, 
I, I can't really talk over this music. It's just like... That's a James theme, Fuchs, if you haven't noticed yet. That's a bad theme. That's not what I would want for my theme. So, James, I, you know, the way he kind of just, like, squints his eyes and he's, like, looking, he's all like, <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> I'm scared, man. Oh, you know, I love you, Donna, Donna whoever her name is. Uh, just, I, you know, I, I don't really care for him. <laughs> I, just, I no, feel like the no, whole time you, I've just been like, I hate everybody. This is my favorite show, and I hate everyone. <laughs> just well, you, I don't you, know. You nailed it. I was trying to figure out why I didn't like James, and and you you, you mentioned it, and you're right. He always seems like he's terrified. Like he's just perpetually like, oh, what's about to come at me? Uh. Yeah, just, but he's he's trying to got this image of you know like uh, I have a motorcycle and I could possibly be you know hard ass. But then he's no, like, he just you know. seems like he genuinely enjoys riding a motorcycle and nothing to do with like the biker like life. <laughs> I think this is the pussiest biker there is. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's why are they trying to make us believe that he is anything of a biker? But to sum it all up, Kel, James is cool. He's always been cool. No. Mm, Doesn't strike me as cool. I I I I do have to say uh Fonzie is cool. The whole scene (laughs) with uh Donna figuring it out and James Man, that's a great scene. I mean, say what you will about, you know, the, the fact that everyone's just busting in tears. I got <laughs> so silly. Pick, I got a little uh I got a little uh, sniffly there. I got a little touched by that scene. Are you with me or am I just a puss? Am I the James of this podcast? For me, I was like the whole I know you're asking uh Kevin, sorry, but I I'm I'm more important. Um <laughs> you go ahead, Carol. Okay, I just um I feel like you know she she was sobbing, you know, like her like <laughs> her head was all bobbling around and it just was like I don't know. I, I felt not like emotionally connected to her because of how she was reacting. It just seemed so fake and stupid. Yeah. Well, it all just seems fake. Like, did these people really care or are they just caring about other, their part of her life that, that they, you know, they don't want anybody to know or that, you know, cause she said they had like a secret, her and Donna and, and you know, uh, Laura had a, and and James had that little secret. Menage of friendship. Yeah. Menage of picnic. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I think it may have been, because you know. Oh, if they would have stuck around long enough. I know Laura went off and got murdered and shit. So also around this time, Bobby's told to get a lawyer, and the principal gives that. Sad announcement. Like, what about that crazy chick just yelling, screaming in the in the outside of the school, <laughs> running? Ah! I mean, we still. I don't think we ever find out who that person is. Like I said, it man, was you. <laughs> these people's reactions to this gal being missing for like thirty five minutes is is really <laughs> strange. Like it. 
Well, she was the she was the star of the school, man. She's the homecoming queen. And my yeah, last question gonna... about this scene before we move on, pick why is Laura's picture in the school display case? Is it just because she was the homecoming queen? Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I think. I, I think know. you're missing the more pressing question, and uh, I believe that question is, what the fuck is up with Laura's bangs? <laughs> uh, like, they are distracting like, bangs. They go down from... <laughs> yeah, dude, they're like, they got the whole, like, half circle going on. Good lord, they're terrible. It's a great so, 90s bang, so, like, oh, late... I remember people having those bangs in the 90s, too, man. <laughs> My girlfriend in high school would wear one of those rollers in her hair oh, and then yeah. take it out. But just in the front, she wouldn't wear rollers. She would just nope, use one yep, roller, just the, just take it out and had the flip. Yep. Dude, my buddy in middle school's uh, girlfriend had that one giant bang like you're talking about with the big curler. It was such a bad fucking It was look. the 90s, man. What can you say? Uh, we were just coming <laughs> off the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So let's go back to the Palmer house and pick Doc Hayward and a random mystery woman. Uh, we're with Harry and Andy as they're talking to Sarah. Who was this mystery woman? Um, Did you catch? I don't know who that woman was. I, I, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I didn't. I just noticed it. I'm like, oh, there's another woman here. <clears throat> Um, but we get to see Harry and Andy again, and they're looking for Hawks there. We finally get to meet Hawk. Um, didn't really have much of a part in this episode, but uh, Hawks with Leland as he's going through Laura's diary or finding the diary, and uh, Sarah and uh, is talking to Harry and Andy. Just kind of a, just kind of meeting everyone. Still trying to feel this out. And in this scene, we find out that there's another girl missing. So. Back, we jump over to the mill, and Josie wants to shut the mill down, and Catherine disagrees, and Pete oh shuts God. it off. Fuge, what do you think of that whole scene? Um, Who was right, was, Catherine I, or Josie? I don't think there is a right or a wrong. I mean, one, what does shutting down the mill have to do with two missing girls? And I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really care either direction, I guess. All right. Uh, here's a question did they pay the workers for the day then it's fine if they sent those boys home and didn't pay them that's a big fuck you which question pick you know what question well i got i got one thing about josie and the and the martells um goodness what what the hell is she like what is she doing there josie she's she got i her husband died right yeah she inherited the plan yeah so yeah, okay. So why does she live with the Martells? Where else is she gonna live? She doesn't have any other family there, I would assume. Well, if she owns, I don't know, a plant, she'd go buy her own fucking house. Probably buy like, you know, mid-level, you know, family, you know, three bedroom, yeah. two bath plate, you know. She owns all that wood, <laughs> or, she can build maybe the house. even a one one little Does she room. own the house? No, I'm just yeah, saying maybe. I don't well, maybe she does. I don't know. We don't know. Maybe she that. maybe she's letting them stay with her. Yeah, that's that's true too. All right, so then Ronette Pulaski shows up alive. Looked like she had a hell of a night, future. Oh, I've I've had some nights uh, like that. You wake up with a torn uh, 
Nah, just your fucking wrists are all beat up from being tied to something. Your clothes are all tattered. You got random like bullet looking wounds in your chest. Wake up on some train tracks. Look, we've all been there. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, all right, then. Last night. Uh, I, I lived hard in college. So. <laughs> Pickle is at five o'clock basketball. Were you practice. wearing a little nighty? Yeah, that would have been like way better. <laughs> All right, then we get Kel's boy James going to see. We find out Big Ed is his uncle, and uh, he tells him that man Laura was the one. And then we get to meet Nadine, Big Ed's wife. Woo-wee. Picks, you kind of reminds you of my stepmom. Is that weird? Uh, yeah. Do you yeah. see that or no? No. Okay. No. Like no, physically or personality. Uh, is it is she is she is she the one from Jersey or whatever? No, no, no. Does or did I meet? Have a nice no, you day. met my. That's my mother-in-law that you met. Okay, okay, okay. From New York, yeah. No, I don't know. She just from. I think it's because like my stepmom is someone that like she will get a project in her mind and like go a hundred percent into that project. And it kind of seems like the kind of person Nadine is. Because what was Ooh. she working on? Wasn't she working on the the drapes the in this drapes. episode? Yeah. That's so kind of where mm-hmm. she just gets obsessed These with the These drapes are going to hang themselves. <laughs> I was like, lady, you are way too into your drapes. Like, this is not that much of an emergency. So, Kel, let me ask you, why is it that every man in Twin Peaks is with the wrong woman? <sighs> it's a voodoo. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look. Ed and Nadine are obviously wrong for each other. Bobby, Bobby and and, uh, Laura are wrong for each other. Mike and and Donna are wrong for each other. I mean, everyone is wrong for each other. That is true. But uh, I do have a. I I was just going to say, I have I have a thought about the uh, scene where Mike went to Donna's house after this. So, okay, what's coming up in a sec? Yeah, yeah, don't let me forget. <laughs> I was going to say, it, it's a small town, man. You Your options are slim. You take what's available. Mm, I guess, but they all have a side piece that they in love with. That, 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 that is their the, dream person, it seems. Uh, I say they're all with the wrong person, but they're all also with the right person. Yeah. They just seem to have gotten with the wrong person first. All right. And so now more than halfway through the pilot, Kel... We finally get to meet Dale Cooper. Yes. And he is talking to Diane. Fuch, is Diane uh, the voice on the other end of this thing? Is it a real person? Is his tape Uh, recorder just named Diane? Who, what, where, when, why is Diane? I gotta, well, I don't know. He seems to convey actual instructions to Diane. So I don't know if he's like mailing off these tapes as, as he's making them. Um, but the, there is also an over under that he's, you know, like Diane's his Tyler Durden. That would be awesome if at night he became Diane and put on a dress and just <laughs> Bruce Jenner did. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, he's actually, it, maybe also, it is awesome. He's also actually Josie Packard. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> hey, not Who the, cares about Laura? He could be because there are. Nah, I'm not gonna mention. Never mind. 
Uh, Cross-dressing. Multi- multiple people. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So, uh, Kel, what, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on, on Agent Cooper? Uh, well, I love him. Um, because I, I, I think when I first saw it, when I was a teenager, I was, I, I, I found him attractive, you know, but I also, because he's different, like he's older, he's got the suit, he has a job, like, uh, like super fancy job, you know, he's, he's hospitable, he's polite, he's like kind of the dude, like, I think my dad would want me to date, you know, um, so I'm just thinking, oh, this is different in my like when my little crazy mind when I was that that age. So I was just thinking, oh, he's really nice and cute and funny. And then he became, you know, like, you know, an idol in a, in a sense because of just his interesting, which we'll find out, interesting thought processes and deduction techniques. So, Yeah. I love I love his character. I like the positivity and and he, you know, kind of merges the world between like, you know, Harry being sort of straight and uh, grounded and and also, you know, the police force and and like having other ideas about things. Fuge, what are your thoughts on the little we see Cooper in this episode? And little, I mean, he's in half the episode, but yeah, I was going to say he's he's pretty prominent in this episode. I don't think we see. I, I but I'm say, saying early, meaning there's a lot more Cooper to be seen in this show. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, I was kind of a fan right out of the gate. He was just like a really weird dude with some looked like some pretty heavy ADD, so I could relate to that very much as well. I mean, he's just running. He's like, ah, oh, I was talking about the murder. And he's like, ah, oh, these trees. Like, gotta find out what these trees are. Just, I loved it. I was, I was in right out of the gate. <laughs> and pick, I can't, I can't let you off scot free. Let, let it, What are your thoughts on Coop? My first impression of Coop is it he's very uh, sophisticated. You know, when you got all these people running around screaming and being all weird and. And he just seems like very, uh, you know, uh, not not as hillbillyish in a way. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know. It's just I get I get the vibe from all the uh, is, the is residents. Ed- educated, the word. You're yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> he seems like not a moron. <laughs> He's very articulate. Um, but, I like uh, how he smiles at people. I mean, he's just like. Okay. Uh, I I think Cooper is the epitome of Twin Peaks itself, meaning he is every character rolled into one. He's all the goofy characters. He's all the straight characters. He is just everything that you love about Twin Peaks in one person. (laughs) He's very heavy on the non sequiturs as well, which I like a lot. I think my favorite one in this particular episode was the when they're chasing um, uh, Donna after the roadhouse. Yeah. And he just, they're in the middle of this chase. He just turns and he's like, give me a donut. <laughs> I fucking lost it. <laughs> it was <awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> like so random. 
All right, so Cooper finally meets Harry, and of course, he tells him about the Lamplighter Inn and the Douglas Furs, and they go to see Ronette in the hospital. We find out that she's been raped and has some neurological damage. Several times. Um, And then we find out that outside of going to the same school, she barely knows her. Like, she's just seems to not be on that same level as Laura. So doesn't really run with, run with the uh, homecoming crowd. Exactly. Exactly. But then, then Fuch, we get to meet the one arm man. Barely. We could see a man with one arm in an elevator blinking. You miss him. Um, I say we did. I, I didn't meet him. Yeah. Well, he, he was just there. You didn't really get, we didn't really get introduced, but Look out for the man with one arm. And then pick Dr. Jacoby, Laura's secret doctor with the killer tie. What's oh, your thoughts man. on Jacoby pick? This dude's far out just by, yeah. you know, that the, the first appearance. Like, you, you know, that he's, you talk about your, uh, your hippies or whatever, but uh, you, you automatically, you thinking this guy's a doctor like what, what kind what kind of doctor i got a real molesty vibe from that guy my thought is no he had a tie with the the actual hawaiian uh grass skirt like on it yeah they're like feeling <laughs> feeling himself up during the conversation oh it was so creepy jacoby in my world is the the uh twin peaky and i would most likely listen to their podcast if they had one that's what i think of jacoby like i'm just interested i want to know more about him do we uh figure out why he had the earplugs in at any point <laughs> i don't think we ever did i don't okay. were they headphones or were they just earplugs no those are those are the the soft plugs that like when you go to the gun range they're the ones yeah that that's what i thought your ear yeah yeah i don't know um and then we get to see all oh, the um we get the scene pick with Laura, uh, the uh, the autopsy kind of, and we get the blinking light. Tell me all about David Lynch and blinking lights. Um, I, well, that that's kind of his uh, one of his his things. Like uh, in in all the uh, future, not not future shows, but in all his movies, even you know he he has a, a something. Something about that that blinking light is I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. You know, you know, you're right. That is that's one of his trademarks. It's like Tarantino and the trunk shot. You know, in every Tarantino movie, they have the scene where where you open up the trunk and there's the trunk shot. Like that this is David Lynch's trunk shot. Well, it's always, I mean, a blinking light, especially one with an inconsistent blink, is it's very uh, nerve wracking. It's highly disorienting. It's visually disturbing. I mean, if you do it fast enough, it'll give certain people seizures. Like, yeah. blinking lights are, are visually and, and emotionally jarring <laughs> for, for humans. They just are. Yeah. And then, that's light. what I was trying to say there, uh, future back. I got yeah. that pick. <laughs> and, then the, ain't working. and then we get to hear in my one of my favorite lines in this whole episode. You know what that line is, pick? Um, I'm not sure. Give He's me some donuts. Very, very, very <laughs> close. 
You you remind me of a Mexican chihuahua. Coop wants Albert. <laughs> he wants Albert. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, oh, yeah, Man. I agree with that. We'll see more of this, whoever this Albert is. All right, so yeah. Donna uh, goes to see Big Ed, looking for James, and he gives him James' letter, which is just says meet me at the roadhouse i feel like you could have conveyed that verbally yeah <laughs> i don't understand why it had to be a letter need to be written down maybe like, call her on the phone i don't know yeah was, like why was he avoiding detection like why couldn't he it's the like, 90s patriarchy i mean i don't know <laughs> there's handwriting experts out there for jesus christ <laughs> uh then we you know you know <laughs> And then they wanted to keep everything in under wraps. I guess, yeah. But then uh, uh, Bobby and Snake show up at the uh, Big Ed's looking for Donna, and I, I believe this is when we find out that Mike and and Donna are an item, which I don't know. They never once ever looked like an item to me. <laughs> like they, they never, never once coupley. You just know that they're in a relationship. Yeah. That- I, we honest. are here saying that we're in a relationship. Yeah, it does not seem like a very healthy relationship. I mean, Cal, do you think they only dated because uh, Bobby was dating Laura? Yes. It was just convenient. Yeah, and you're right. I did not like the way he talked to Donna at all. <laughs> really? And I would never <laughs> be in a relationship <laughs> with somebody that was so rude to me. And you could tell it had been going on because apparently she just took it. He's like, I really know how to pick them. But you know what? Like in Twin Peaks, I hate to say it, but Mike and Bobby are probably like the kings of the school. Wouldn't you say like Uh, they probably rule the school. That's why they uh, are allowed to be that shitty. Yeah, because they're on the football team. So they in a small town so they can definitely just get away with it. I mean, we're, we're, you know, a little bit later, you know, look at how fucking cavalier Donna's doctor father was at these boys like getting shitty and driving around town. I've got something on that. More on that in a minute. But, okay. but yeah, I definitely have something. And then, of course, Ed and Donna, they mentioned that, man, we know how to pick them, <laughs> which, again, everyone is in the wrong relationship. Like Oprah needs to go to that town and say, all right, you guys are all done. Big Ed, you're with Norma, James and Donna, you know, pick everyone who you want to be, Shelly and and Bobby. Just get the Pope to go and, like, annul all the marriages and just do, like, a switcheroo. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Leo and Heroin, you guys can be together and whatever. Um, Isn't Wife Swap a show? I guess. Maybe not then. Send that crew to that town. I'll fix it right up. <laughs> so uh we get back to uh the cops at the murder scene and of course Andy's crying again. Such a little bitch. Man, uh, I don't know. I love Andy. <laughs> I love no, I did like he's like, tell the sheriff. I didn't, I didn't cry. cry. I'm like, he's not gonna believe you. You can tell him he's not, <laughs> not gonna believe it. Oh, by the way, Andy didn't cry. <laughs> yeah, you're especially like non-provoked. You're gonna be like, by the way, Andy didn't cry. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> All right, and now Bobby's getting interrogated, and Bobby just seems to get mad. 
and they showed him the video and, uh, you know, he thinks he figures it out and, uh, Harry thinks Bobby didn't do it. What do you think, Fuch? You think Bobby is, is top of the list, which we're getting this more later, but uh, he's not, he's, he's a potential, but he's definitely not top of my suspect list right now. More on your suspect list. I mean, but like everyone's a potential suspect, except maybe Coop because he's from out of town. But, you know, he could have done it. I don't know. Josie? Think Josie did it? Pete? Uh, I, I'd say Pete's probably not on the list. He just wants to go fishing. No, Pete, Pete uh, he might have dragged her off and murdered her and pretended to discover it as a cover. Maybe, maybe. Every, everyone's a suspect. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, so there is a... A poll. Um, do you remember that pick the Monday night football poll? Um, there is a poll that they took. I'll find it when we get to this point in the show, but they took a poll on Monday night football and they had people, I don't know, call in or whatever to talk about who they thought killed Laura Palmer. And the results were insane. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Pick. I do not. Oh, so they had like all the top suspects and what percentage picked them. And it was like, it was like, you know, 10 people, 10% think Bobby killed him and 25% think Andy killed him and like 15% think Laura killed herself. It was just like the weirdest, like 5% thought Leland killed her and 10% think the mom killed her. It was just an odd, odd. I'm going to find that when we get to that, that point. I'll try and figure out exactly how long so we can get an idea of where the world was thinking at this point. Cause that's what I find interesting. Especially with you future watching this for the first time. My favorite part of this show is when you tell us what you're thinking, but we'll get back to that later. Now we're going to go back to the Northern hotel and we see Audrey who tells the Norwegians that they found her friend, Laura murdered. Uh, but this was after she was tormenting the the receptionist. Oh lady. yeah, yeah, that was that was a little bit. That and, was and by what was her name, Julie or whatever it is? <clears throat> Julie is a moron because how do you not take that cup and just tilt it slightly on its side so the holes you know not at the bottom? Just put the hole at the top. All the liquid will stop coming out. Use this napkin thing you got to, to plug the hole. Like I don't know. She did not handle that situation well. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, come on, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're used wow. to you know, I never thought and, about that. And why is I she mean, putting up with this kid? Yeah. <laughs> so you hate Audrey? You don't like Audrey? I fucking hate Audrey. So she's the Shannon of the show for you. She uh yeah, she's so far she's my Shannon. Sorry, we're yeah. talking in lost terms here. Yeah. I am not a fan of Shannon on Lost, if anyone which one's Shannon? Shannon's the 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 worthless blonde. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Maggie Grace. Uh, Maggie Grace. Yeah. 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 She's she's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, and then Snake goes to. Pick, I don't know. Why I keep calling him Snake. Uh, Mike goes to pick up Bob because he's called Snake in this, um, in this episode, and then. I think he's and, and and he's never called Snake again. He is one other time. Do you remember when? No idea. All I got. All I'm gonna say is it involves a interview at a bank. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Okay. I believe he's called Snake in that. I scene. knew that. I knew that. I think that's the only other time he's referred to a snake. 
Kind of reminds me of uh, Snake from The Simpsons. <laughs> the, the, the robber? The, the criminal, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Mike and, and Bobby go, or Mike goes to pick up Bobby, and they find out about the J, which was in the, uh, the um, diary. We find out that there's... She's going to meet a J, I believe. And That's right. Bobby seems to know who the J is. So, by the way, to- totally called the seeing something in the eye reflection. As soon as she like jumped into the camera like that, like, oh, there's, he's definitely seeing something in her eyeballs. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way he's not. So, Coop is interrogating Donna. She lies about someone else being there. Who's she protecting? I mean, do we, we all can say now we know, right? Uh, James, James, right? James. Yeah. James. Oh, James. 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 You are going to find out why I hate James as much as I do. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big it. fan of him so far, but. <laughs> it's just, it just. And it, I, but I love this scene coming up it where. I love this scene where Snake and Bobby are talking and, uh. And by the way, I will refer to Mike is now on because he's only referred to a snake in this episode and then one scene later. Anyway, um, so they Bobby knows who the J is, and I love how Lucy kind of snooping on them. That's great. And then of course she rats him out first chance she gets. It's great. Well, she works for the police. Yeah, really- but is that but, really ratting him out? But, but later we find out that she is kind of a snooper because remember, he's like, don't listen in on our conversation. Yeah. That, so, dude, that's why I got those like Rosemary from Hong Kong Fooey vibes because she was always doing that shit. Yep. So then after a quick scene where the Norwegians leave, Coop and Harry investigate the murder scene. And they find oh, another reason I hated Julie because she just kept ringing that bell and shouting <laughs> the Norwegians were leaving. Yeah. Like, you're not the red alert on like a sinking ship. Like, just, just stop. Like, I'm not going to lie. I never even knew her name until this podcast. <laughs> I have heard her name said more in this podcast than my 20 years of watching this show. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, <laughs> All right, so uh, Coop and Harry go to the murder scene, and they find Pick on a piece of paper written in blood. What do they find, Pick? What's written on the piece of paper? Um, I'm pretty sure it's an R. Nope, no. nope. What's written in blood on fire. the piece of paper? Oh, fire, oh. fire. walk uh, with me. Of course, our podcast, Fire Cast with me, take on fire, walk with me. You didn't get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm and then sorry. I, we, I guess we kind of skipped over the whole letter thing, didn't we? That they found yeah, in they, both they, two they, of them. They found uh, <laughs> one in Laura. Did they find one in Ronette? I'm trying no, to remember. They no, they didn't. Okay, you're right. You're right. They didn't. They found one in his original victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's her name pick? The original victim? Teresa Banks. Teresa, Teresa Banks. Banks. That's right. <laughs> Spoiler alert! I, did they say Teresa Banks' name at the? They may have at the uh, the town hall meeting. The town hall meeting, yeah. yeah. All right, and then we find my notes say who has the other half of the heart, and my very next thing I have written it is James because we find out James has the other part of the heart. All right, so now we go ahead and we get to meet Johnny Horn, 
and Mrs. Horn. Now, I'm going to plead ignorance on this pick. Is this the last time we ever see Mrs. Horn? Uh, no. Okay, because I, uh, I don't remember Mrs. Horn really being in this show at all. I don't know. But we find out that Johnny's sad because Laura's not coming. We find out that Laura was working with Johnny. Um, and then we go ahead, Harry and Coop go to see the safety deposit box. Well, no, hold on. I the, That mom is a terrible human being. Like, can we just talk about what a shitty mom she is? She's like, what is so difficult for him to understand? I'm like, bro, that guy's up there in a full Indian headdress railing his brain into a <laughs> dollhouse over and over and over, audibly on a different floor of the house. I don't think he understands anything. I think everything's difficult for him to understand. Well, I was just like, he's a child. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Johnny. I love Johnny Horn. Also, was the Indian headdress slightly racist or no? Is that just me uh, projecting? Uh, yeah. it's, it's the 80s. It's allowed. It's, okay. Well, this was like 90. <laughs> well, it was 1990, I 1990, yeah. It was written in the 80s. 89. 89, 90, yeah. It aired in 90, I believe. Like someone who's not really, I guess, you know, but. Uh, I'll I'll let it slide. He seems like he has other problems. All right. So then we go to the safety deposit box and they find about $10,000 and an issue of Flesh World. And in the Flesh World is a picture of Ronette Pulaski. And Leo's truck, which segues into us meeting Leo. So before we talk about Leo, what do you think of this flesh world there, Fuge? I definitely paused it to read all the adverts. <laughs> You're the guy that reads the articles. Well, no, they were just, they, they were adverts for swinger couples. I was yeah, just yeah. curious to see what was available in this uh, northern town. In, um, yeah. So how many of the characters that we know were Very in that magazine? Town. Yeah, it's like what, what the hell is going on here? The what thing, like, what is what? the over under percentage that uh, our good friend the doctor is in that Jacoby has a uh, thing looking for swinging times? Uh oh, very likely. I'm not taking. The, <laughs> I'm not taking the against on that bet. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Fucking, I got I got a better over under that Jacoby has a stake in the publisher of Flesh World. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. All right. So then we get to meet Leo, our lovely, the, probably the nicest guy in this show. Um, he finds mystery cigarettes. And my note here is Leo is a dick. Yeah, I just have, uh, <laughs> Leo seems nice. <laughs> I mean, is he, is he com- cartoonly evil? Like, I mean, is, is it just way too acting. over the top? Or is yeah, do you think Eric, was it Eric Dale? Is that his name? Is that the actor's name pick? Eric Daray. Oh, Daray, yeah, Eric Daray. But it's classic David Lynch, isn't it? But wasn't he, was he even an actor, though? Like, did he just, like, say, okay, I'm going to be an actor just then? Or, like, had he ever had any experience acting prior to this? Well, you think the, like they like the guy that was supposed to do it didn't show up, so they snagged one from craft services. <laughs> That's probably what it is. 
I, I, you laugh now, but you'll see a very, very major part of this show coming up. Got his role in almost the exact same fashion. We're just on the lot and then you did a warm body. You'll see. You'll see. Right, Pick? Oh, it's a great way to oh, start yeah. your career. And, uh, okay, so, um, I mean, yeah, is, you think Leo is just, they're just making it too obvious that he's a bad guy? Yeah, again, it just, it reminded me very much of uh, Blue Velvet. What was and, it? It was Anthony Hopkins that was in that, or who, who was the? Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper, thank you. It reminded me of like the Dennis Hopper like villain intensity, like out of nowhere from from uh, Blue Velvet. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah, is there? David Lynch directed it. Blue Velvet. Well, no, that's no exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's why I said it. I knew he directed. Well, Blue well that's that's just kind of his his style anyway. Like he 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 does that. Like even with Wild at Heart, you know. The, uh, the characters are kind of similar. Or the tractor and straight story. Yeah. Sorry. Bad joke. All I get right. it. All right. All right. Um, so now let's see. Ed gets a call from Norma. And he is crying. And she's crying and wants to see him. Uh, so of all the couples uh, that we find out aren't together... Um, is this the couple that we want together more than any of them pick? Who's that? Uh, Big Ed and Norma. <laughs> Hello. No, 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 no. We don't want them together. What? Cal, what do you think? Yes, of course. I love, I love Big Ed and Norma. I mean, of all the, all the uh, star-crossed lovers, you got because, Big Ed and Norma, yeah. you got Bobby and Shelly, you got uh, who the fuck's rooting for Bobby and Shelly? <laughs> like they're both just terrible. I don't want either of them to end up with anyone. Uh, what do we have? Any other star-crossed lovers? I guess we find out later about Harry and his lover. I guess more on that later. But uh, well, yeah, he said it was uh, Miss Packard. I thought, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the line that threw me for a loop when he was like, oh, she's the most beautiful woman in all the territories. I'm like, really? I swear <laughs> the fucking random waitress was hotter than her, but okay. Pick who is the hottest woman in Twin Peaks? Um, Definitely Audrey Horn. Kel, who's the hottest woman in Twin Peaks? <sighs> um... Who, which girl would I bang? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I used to think, I used to think it was Sherilyn Finn. What but about this? James, hottest girl in Twin Peaks? I think Shelly's really hot. She's, but not just, even, she's, she's not even taking my bait. I don't like that. About I know, she's just straight <laughs> ignoring you. <She's> just... <laughs> it works. Um, it works Total that way. <laughs> <laughs> no reaction. Um, yeah, she's hot, but I don't like her character. I like I like Madsen. I'm Madsen Mick. Is that Madsen? Yeah, I would I would say uh, <laughs> she's really cute. I would say with the short hair, I would vote for uh, Shelly. Uh, but once she gets her hair grows out a little bit, then I gotta go with Audrey. That's what I'm saying. 
You're really into hair. I just hate her with that short hair. I don't know what it is. The, the, it's a perm. She has a perm. You know who yeah. else has a perm? My mother had a perm growing up. So maybe she just looks like my mother with that hair. Yeah, perms are perms are bad luck. Yeah, my mom had a perm. That's got to be it, right, Pick? Levon wants a perm. Uh, <laughs> he does it. No, he doesn't. Yeah, well, his, his mother wants him to have a perm. Oh, what sorry. do you mean a perm? Uh, like, that, that's what I was like, trying to figure chemicals? out. Chemicals. I'm like, your hair is already curly, dude. Like, what? 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 I guess this is. Thing I can't with this. The kids are doing nowadays. I don't know. The kids are getting perms. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck world am I living in? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you really have to ask that question? <laughs> I don't know, man. I like of all the the strange <laughs> times shit that I've heard lately. The kids are getting perms. Definitely took me by, for the biggest loop. <laughs> what? What's going on in North Carolina, Pickle? Exactly. Anyway. All right. So let's jump ahead to the town hall meeting. We learn a little more about Josie and Benjamin Horn. And we get introduced to Mayor Milford, who's a great character. <laughs> He's not really in it much, but... Uh, I'd vote for oh, him for the, mayor. The, the senile old mayor. What a great scene. But it was like, thank you for that, Mr. Mayor. Just get out of the way. And then I put in my notes. Cooper tells them about Teresa Banks. So I'm assuming they do say yeah, the name Teresa say, Banks. Yeah. All the right. sweet kitty. And then Doc Hayward is at home telling his wife and about what happened. And uh, Donna's kind of listening in. Donna sneaks off and warns her sister to cover for her. And pick is this the last time we see Donna's sister? Is this the uh, sister I believe, that disappears? I believe, it, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. One of Donna's sisters just disappears. I think it's her. Spoiler alert! But after she gave her the the, the bike, bike yeah, yeah. fixed the flat tire and everything. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So then, here's a scene I love to talk about. Mike stops by to see Donna. They see Bobby is obviously drunk. Um, and drinking and uh, Hayward's like, are you guys up the hood of his friend's car? He's like, you guys aren't Dude. drinking and driving. And of course, Mike says, oh, no, no. Bobby's doing the driving. Bobby is the one drunk out of yeah, his mind. Mike is the one that seems sober. Around. He's like, oh, that's okay. The drunk guy over there that's surfing on my car like Teen Wolf. He's the guy that's driving. In like big boots, too. <laughs> Like if I'm if I'm Snake, I'm like Bobby. Get the fuck off the hood of my car. Yeah, I'm Snake. I'm the cool guy here because I have the name Snake, <laughs> not you, who is actually the coolest guy. I mean, do you feel sorry? Do you then feel sorry for Bobby because his girlfriend died? No, <laughs> I was just laying that out there to see if I got any tape. Yeah, it's like you know, cheating on her and shit, and then everyone's cheating on everyone. Oh, so that makes it okay. I'm I'm trying to think if there's any couples that aren't cheating on each other so far. The only one I can think about is the Palmers. What about Leo? He seems like a stand-up gentleman. Well, I well, we know <laughs> she's cheating on him, so. Well, uh, but he seems like he's staying true to Shelly. I guess. <laughs> as long as she washes the dishes and does his laundry. 
Well, you know, and he made the comment that this house needs to be clean when he gets home. Uh, but he seems to come home at random hours and the house did not appear very clean. <laughs> so, I, you know, I just, I don't know what he's really asking for. Yeah. Also, empty your fucking ashtray, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the house was clean and the ashtray was clean, he'd never know that There's some like a mystery smoker cigarette was butts in that ashtray. I think. I think also, like, if you're having like your dude over when your husband's away, I'd empty the ashtray. Empty the ashtray, right? With yeah. all those trees, is it smart to smoke in Twin Peaks? I, One Aaron pretty- cigarette, the whole. Town is on fire. Nah, it seems pretty pretty <laughs> moist up there. Like you, I, I don't true. think it's gonna start a forest fire. All right. So um Mike and Bobby, they go to the roadhouse. They miss anything else? Uh let's see. Oh, at the roadhouse, Harry and Coop are uh, are out there uh, stalking out the roadhouse. Uh Norma and Hank are are, are are I'm sorry, Norma and Big Ed are talking, and she says her husband Hank's in jail. And she's going to leave him. But what good does that do you? Because Big Ed is already married to my stepmom. Um, and then Mike and Bobby show <laughs> up and uh, at the roadhouse. And Donna shows up and everyone's at the roadhouse. And we get the weird version of the theme song. Big Ed steps in. A bar fight. This is exciting scene future, don't you think? Uh, I just am curious why everyone's like, having their sneak around affairs and what have you at like the one bar in town. And why, when there's a giant bar frawl, does the music just keep going? They are not missing a beat. They well, just no, that, keep that singing. That actually makes a, a small town bar fight. Oh yeah. They're definitely keeping the music playing at those biker bars. They keep the band in a cage. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, but I'm not really understanding snake and Bobby's, uh, motivation to take on an entire bar in a fight yeah well you know they they play football so they're tough yeah they're the kings yeah but they're not take on 30 bikers tough they're also what 16 or 17 years yeah they're high schoolers it's so weird i'm like they're like they're all in there drinking don't give a shit they're like yeah we'll beat up these teenagers you know these are james's friends uh so yeah they're james's friends and maybe they're they're not real bikers and they're all in a bar Like, you don't assume that 18-year-olds are walking into the bar. Well, when? Maybe the drinking age was 18 back then. I don't know. 1990? No, it wasn't. Uh, They changed the drinking age in, like, 19... But did they care if we drank? Because we would go out drinking in uh, Gastonia, Kevin. You you would go out drinking it. Kevin, like, just read his Bible. I had a big when I was 16, but... But Do you remember me drinking those forties? I'm sorry. Oh, I get it. I get it now. I get it now. I get what you're doing. We were we. Were, I, w- I was watching Twin Peaks and drinking like forties when I was. Yeah. T- anyway, please go ahead. Were you at least doing uh, Edward Forty Hands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, that's fine. What's that from? I can picture it. With what, a, Edward Forty Hands? Yeah, where they duct taped the... It was a the, game we played in... Co- it wasn't really a game. Oh, because that was in a TV game. show or somewhere. The guy duct taped no. the 40s to his hands? What was that? No, that was a game we played in college. Where literally... Oh, I didn't know that was a real part. thing. I know I saw yeah, someone no, did in a movie or TV show. It might have been in a thing, but we played this all the time. Oh, literally, you it was... Would, you would, 
you would have your friends tape 40s to your It hand. was uh, Stingray and Cobra Kai. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, well, this was definitely after I was in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cobra, Cobra Kai came out <laughs> recently. No, uh, Edward 40 Hands was a real thing. Bro. So you literally you duct tape 40s to your hands and no one was allowed to help you take them off until you finished both 40s. That sounds awesome. So if you had to like take a pee or do something like you just had to finish your drinks real quick. I wish I had friends like you. <laughs> Pick, we didn't uh, have fun. Well, you like know what? When we get together, Edward 40 hands. As a gunner, I, I'm more than happy to tape a bunch of 40s to your hands and watch you struggle. We can't leave the podcast. How am I running the board? Cal, if we play Edward 40 hands, who's going to push the James button? I'll do it. it with the oh, no. Because the James Button is the star of the show. All right, so Donna is brought to James by Joey. So many J names in this episode. Um, James doesn't have an alibi for the previous night, but he was with Laura, and then she was a different person. And then Bobby told her that he killed someone, and then she ran away. And then James and Donna start making out. They bury the necklace. So a lot to undertake in this part of the episode Fuchs, did bobby really kill someone uh maybe it seems like bobby is too much of a puss to actually kill someone doesn't i'm kind of with you on that he does seem but but, you know but he also seems like he's got a lot of problems he might have accidentally killed a guy like you know he's just zipping his jacket barking at people and i don't know killed him somehow <laughs> so then what are your thoughts about this whole thing we find out future we find out that that james was with laura and that she was like a completely different person and then the, you know we find out about bobby killing someone and then she ran off i mean well the the her being a different person like that actually made a lot of sense to me because everyone just assumed she was dead right away i'm like oh well she definitely has like some other side to her life that you know most of the probably I'm assuming the parents and the teachers and everyone's not aware of because they just they just see the homecoming queen. They don't see the the shady underbelly of the homecoming queen. All right, I agree. They bury the necklace. Does that necklace mean anything, Fuge? Uh it just seems like one of those BFF forever necklaces that you break in half. And it, I don't know any significance beyond that. Not really. All right, so Doc uh, Doc picks up Donna and brings her home, um, and then they're they're in the uh, they arrest uh, they actually arrest James, um, which is kind of motorcycle is not a discreet getaway vehicle. Well, and I guess there was a curfew because at first I'm like, well, why'd they arrest him? There's no evidence. They haven't even no, asked him a, anything. It was but a recommended curfew. I don't think it was an actual mm. enforced curfew. Was it? Yeah, I don't know. Well, Coop and Harry pull over James. They arrest him and they put him in a cell and Mike and Bobby are there and pick. What does Mike and Bobby start doing? Future told us earlier, but they start barking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it's what I do when I'm in prison. I start barking. That's uh, so weird to me. I was when I was watching with mom recently, I was just like, I, I was just, she's looking at me like, what the, what the hell, you know? And I'm like, I know. You just like jock assholes, man. Yeah, like these boys got social problems. And James, the biggest pussy on the planet, is like 
pensively staring at them while slinking into a corner like bro there's reinforced steel between you and them what are they gonna do he's got like his lip out almost yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right then we want him to get prison raped by those guys right (laughs) (laughs) i'm cheering for them to bark well like you know he drops the soap in the shower and it's like all right, so almost done with this episode. Um, my, my favorite parts when they come out of the park and it's kind of like just like a, oh, yeah, like, oh. and the weird zoom in on his like teeth. Oh, that's Lynch. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I, yeah, just Lynch all around. All right, so then another weird part of the episode, they go into the office and they see the quote-unquote policeman's dreams, how uh, Lucy lays out all the donuts so they're nice and stale in the morning. Like, why would they lay out the donuts in the middle of the night? Like, right before. Yeah, it was 12.30 at night. Yeah. That's a good question. I didn't think about that. Or is it the night shift donuts and then there's more in the morning? Yes. I mean, yeah, we don't really see many more cops, though. Just the four that like a lot of donuts for like the three police this town has. Don't forget Hawk, man. Don't forget about Hawk. It did. Oh, no, that is three. Hawk, Harry, and Andy. Uh, Four. I was counting Lucy. uh, Lucy, Oh, Cooper. No, yeah. So so they got extra jelly donuts for Coop. All right, so there was like 20 donuts there. I don't think they're eating four a piece. I could eat four donuts right now. Well, you you (laughs) shouldn't. (laughs) All right, so final one of the the two scenes left. Harry goes to see Josie, and Catherine calls Benjamin Horn on the phone. What are they up to, Catherine and Benjamin Horn? Fuge? I have no idea. All right, but they know about Harry. Does that mean anything? Like, what does her having, uh, being in a relationship with Harry have to do about anything? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't either. And I've seen this show. So <laughs> <laughs> I picked the last scene. Sarah wakes up screaming and someone digs up the locket. So um, this right here, pick that screaming that leads into the scene that was added in what we mentioned last week, the standalone movie version of this, correct? Uh, I believe so, yeah. So you'll see there'll be a scene, I, and I think they show the whole thing uh, again, where she screams and you see the aftermath of this scream, and that's how the movie, because originally in Canada, this was just shot as a TV movie, which, what a crappy ending for the TV movie pick, or do you think it's a good ending? No, nah, it's not a good ending at all. <laughs> and then Wait, someone... Just, it just ended there? Well, the, you know, there's another scene that we'll see in another episode, but not much more of a scene, and that's just how it ends, yeah. Oh, no, that's fucking terrible then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... See, this, 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 that scene right there was sort of like, we're just going to like pull some shit out of our ass to throw people off. Of yeah, it was like, okay, there's a, a red theory. traffic light for some reason. That's David Lynch. That <laughs> is all David Lynch. just wakes up screaming, which, again, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> could not stop laughing during her screaming. Who dug and up then, the locket? I, 
logic would tell me it was either Donna or James, because how the fuck would anybody else know it was there or find it? I mean, maybe people are spying. Potentially, but they're pretty much in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, I don't know. Um, Now is a time where I want to know what you're thinking. Now, today's show is going to be a little different, guys. Uh, it's It was a longer episode. The pilot's two hours. So this episode is way longer than the majority of our shows. And this show is going to be a little different because we're really introducing everyone to these characters. So, Fuge, I want to know what are you thinking? Of all the characters we learned, I want to know who you think are prime suspects, who are possible suspects, and who are probably not suspects what are you thinking man oh it's so early to to try and throw guesses like that out there but i mean uh bobby's a possible suspect i I suppose james is a possible suspect i'm throwing i'm throwing uh miss packard in there just because i don't know fun Snake seems like a pile of shit, but I, I don't know that he's involved in this. I, you know, it, it, it could be anyone at this point. Like, literally anyone. Is there anyone you're crossing off the list? Uh, Besides Cooper, obviously it's not Cooper. I, I want to cross Andy off the list just because he's such an incredible pussy. And the fact that he breaks into tears every time he sees anything, I I mean... Well, let me ask you this. Could he be breaking into tears because that's the woman he killed? uh, Like, tears of remorse? Yeah. Like, I killed her. Uh, I suppose, but that would not be my first guess. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Does the letter J mean anything? I mean, she said, you know, is the suspect some with a J? We do have quite a bit of J's. We got James. We got Joey, James' friend. um, Jacoby. We got Leo Johnson. Are there any other J's that I'm missing here? You got got Julie. 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 I've already forgotten about Julie. Johnny Horn. Um. Do you, do you remember? Uh, well, we're not going to talk about Judy. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my God. So um, he found an R under Laura's fingernail, and the next victim's name was Ronnie. Is the letter under the nail supposed to be an indication of the next victim? What was the letter under, uh, under um What's her name? The first, first victim. First victim. I don't think we know. We don't know it yet. Okay. We do know it, but we don't know it yet. Yeah, I, I don't know it. I know so. what it is. I, I believe. You do. Okay. So. But he didn't find uh, a letter under uh, Ronnie's nail because he didn't finish killing her yet, right? So he puts it there after the death. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Who's your Who's your favorite character so far, Fuge? Oh, Coop for sure. Who's your least favorite? Uh, that I want to die, Audrey. I, I, she's. (laughs) I can't wait for her to redeem herself in your eyes. All right, I hope so as well. You know what? It's the perm. I, I, it's the perm. She's gonna get rid of that perm and not look like my mom anymore. And then that is one hundred percent what it is. It's that she looked like my mom. 
and that creeps See, me out because I think she's judge hot. People based on their on their looks too much. I judge them based on their actions. And she's running around poking holes in coffee cups and ruining business deals for no reason. And she just seems like she's out there for her own entertainment. And you know, everyone else be damned. Nice. Well, there's still a couple more characters we haven't met yet, and some that we barely met. Um, so there's plenty more Twin Peaks to go. Thank you guys, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week for uh, the second episode. Uh, technically, yeah, because this is, uh, they consider this one episode. So, Pick, you got any, what are your final thoughts on this episode? Um, one thing I just want to say is that, that, you know, we talk about, well, that's Lynch, that's Lynch. It was very Lynchian. Like the uh, the long camera shots, um, the 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 atmosphere, um, the 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 creep factor, um, even even the the random quirkiness. Uh, you, it was very early David Lynch, um, and it was just kind of neat to go back and and see all that again. As compared to later on in, you know, the episodes and the the whole demeanor changes somewhat. Uh, sorry. Can I say that? Can I not? I don't know. That's fine. That's fine. You can tell you're not given specifics. Saying that there's a tonal change at some point in the episodes, I don't think that's a spoiler. Okay. So it's odd that the next episode is actually referred to as episode one. Interesting, huh? That the pilot is just the pilot and the next episode is episode one. I wonder if that has to do with the fact that it was the, a movie. Well, that the well that the pilot didn't uh it wasn't like on the first when the first season came out on DVD, it didn't include the pilot. Why was that picked, you know? I do not know that. I wanna say that's something to do with licensing. So wait, season one didn't have this episode? This episode was not on the season one How would you know what the hell was going on? We bought the Canadian version of it. That's how we got the pilot on DVD, right, Pick? Mm Mm-hmm. What? And then, uh, but it was included on the VHS box set, right, Pick? Uh... I don't think I think, I think it, was, it was a standalone. But the the standalone because you had okay. I think you're right. It wasn't included on the VHS set. Also, I think you're right. But but the the standalone European version of the pilot with the alternative ending that was on VHS because you that's what you had. You are right, one hundred percent. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, guys. Well, we'll be back next week and uh, come back next week. The show will be a lot different than this as this was dedicated to the pilot, which apparently wasn't part of this series. Our show will be a little different next week. In fact, that we will, uh, it will be less chaotic because there's less introductions to everyone. So, um, Fuge Cal Pick, thank you so much for, for, uh, for coming on and discussing the peaks with us. Um, Thank you, everyone out there for listening. And uh, 
everything that we do, all of us, you can find on wideopenmike.net, including Gunner and the Pistols, which uh, Pitt co-hosts with me. And uh, we have to go back, our lost podcast, among other stuff, archives. Uh, go to Gunner and the Pistols, and there's a search thing on the website. Type in K-E-L-L-I-E. You can listen to every episode Kelly's in. It's awesome. <laughs> And some of the best episodes of that show we had was when Kelly was our co-host. That was a good time. Ah, thanks. Appreciate that. Including where we learned all about the time I saw Pickle's butthole. (laughs) Uh, Such great memories. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. WideOpenMike.net is that place. See you next week. We love you. Peace. Bye. Later. Later. Thank you.